Hello and welcome to Grace Life Sir Lowry's Pass. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Good morning everyone. So awesome to be here again. And yeah, to be at home. Um, uh, I just love uh, um, I just love the way we worship and I just love the heart um, one thing that I thought about while we were worshiping is that and um, obviously everyone spoke about it this morning is that when we worship we should worship from a place of knowing that we are accepted in Christ that we are already accepted in Christ you are worshiping from a place of victory not how well you can worship for God so that He might see you, but because of what Jesus has done, now you bless Him because of that. Amen. So, we are continuing on uh, the book of Romans. This morning we're going to start in the book of Romans 4. And uh, as I was preparing this, I was just thinking to myself, things are getting real now. Um, it's becoming more and more awesome because now, Paul uh, um, actually goes a lot more deeper with the Romans into uh, this great book. Um, uh, uh, JB's uh, um, sermon last week where he spoke about the first uh, three books of Romans where in the one uh, God shows us that through, through creation and through what he created, the gospel is preached through that so that no one is, uh, um, how can I say, no one is innocent when they say they haven't heard the gospel yet because they've seen what God has done. They've seen creation. The Bible also says that the creation speaks of His glory. So what He created also speaks of how great He is. Uh, um, um, if you want to, you can go and study the book of Psalms 104. That speaks so greatly of what God has created and how uh, the creation of God actually just reveals His splendor reveals like how he is and the way he is and then uh, in verse 2 and 3 we basically talked about that how there is no distinction between a Jew or a Gentile that God is not only the God of the Jews but he's also the God of the Gentiles as well and um, in verse 4 uh, in, in Romans 4 we're actually starting with uh, uh, the righteousness of God where it speaks of Abram what is so awesome in this that I uh, saw, God uh, took the Romans from creation, took them to the five books of Moses and even spoke about David. Now he's taking them back to the promise that he made to Abram. So throughout the Old Testament, throughout the Old Testament, God is speaking of the, the gospel is being preached. The gospel was preached from creation to Moses and now the gospel is even preached to Abram as well. So the gospel was preached to him and Abram believed the gospel. But we are going to go into that. Uh, just don't want to say a lot of things and then not bring evidence to it as well. So th that is the one thing where we know that we are sound when we have evidence of what we are saying. So you can say a lot of things and, 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 and most of the stuff that you say it doesn't mean nothing because there's no evidence. Mm -hmm. Like in the same in a court of law, in the court of law it works like this. 
that basically you can say a lot of things, but if you don't present evidence and there is no case, then it will be thrown out. Okay, so the judge only judges based on the evidence that's, that's been presented. And so I hope this morning that um, uh, we'll be able, I'll be able to present a bit more evidence to you about the gospel of Jesus Christ, about what he has done and where we are in, in terms of that very gospel that has been preached to Abram. So um, the Bible says in the book of uh, Romans 4 and verse 1, and we're going to read until verse 14. Um, Abram was, humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation. Of our Jewish nation. Okay? What did he discover uh, about being made right with God? If, he, if his good deeds made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about. But that was not God's way. I love that way it says that it's not God's way. For the scriptures tells us, Abram believed God and it counted him as righteousness. As counted him as righteous because of his faith. Okay? When people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sins. sinners. David also spoke of this when he described the happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it. Verse 7 says, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Uh, yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. Now, is this blessing only for the Jews or is it also for uncircumcised Gentiles. Well, we have been saying that Abram was counted as righteous because of his faith. But how did this happen? Was he counted righteous only after he was circumcised or was it before he was circumcised? Clearly, God accepted Abram before he was circumcised. That is a very important point that we need to remember there. Verse 11 says, circumcision was a sign that Abram already had faith and that God had already accepted him and declared him to be righteous even before he was circumcised. So Abram is the spiritual father of those who have faith but have not been circumcised. They are counted as righteous because of their faith. And Abram is also the spiritual father of those who have been circumcised but only if they have the same kind of faith Abram had before he was circumcised. And verse 13 says, Clearly, God's promise is uh, to give the whole earth to Abram and his descendants was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. If God's promise is not necessary, and uh, if God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary and the promise is pointless. So uh, verse 14 basically says that if we didn't receive the promise by faith, or if we, did, if we received the f promise by law, then there wouldn't be no need for faith. Okay, then we would then, until this day, we should be working for our salvation. So it's, 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 it would actually be creepy because... 
if, if that was the case and you walk outside, you would see a lot of dead animals. Okay, and the streets would be filled with blood. That, that was literally what should have happened if, if, it, if, it, if, if, if faith came by the law and not by what we believe. Okay, so let's work through this because this is quite important um, on where we are standing on, on the righteousness of God. Okay, so verse uh, uh, Romans 4, 1 to 3, uh, it talks about Abram was, humanly speaking, the founder of the Jewish nation. He was only the founder of the Jewish nation because the line of circumcision started with Abram. Okay, yes. after yes. God made a promise to Abram, he said unto Abram, now this is the sign of the promise, circumcision. But we all know that Abram was well in his 90s when he was circumcised. Okay, and then God brought a law where it says that every Jewish boy that is born on the eighth day, they should be circumcised. Okay, so uh, uh, um, eight, eight is actually, if you look at it in, in Bible terms, it's a, it's a, uh, it talks about new beginnings. Yes. Okay, so it talks about the new beginning. So once you receive the mark of circumcision, it talks about a new beginning in Christ. It means that God views you differently as what he viewed you before okay god has always seen us in christ it's just that we did not believe in him before but now we believe in him we have a different view of god now god sees us differently as well so he sees us circumcised but don't focus on the circumcision part because that actually has no value whether on on on, on the basis of faith okay so abram was the line of circumcision it started with him that's why he, the, the Jews also called him uh, um, um, their father. Remember when he, they even spoke to Jesus in the book of John where he said that Abram is our father. Why is Abram their father? Because the line of circumcision started with Abram. And Jesus said, before Abram was, I was. Meaning that Jesus was there before the foundation of the world. That actually proves that Jesus has preached the gospel to Abram. Okay? So uh, in Genesis 17 and verse 10, this is the covenant that you and your descendants must keep. Each male among you must be circumcised. Okay, so that is the, the, uh, uh, the covenant that God made with Abram. Each male in his household, even his slaves. Okay, so there were even Gentile people in Abram's household that were also circumcised. And they were also counted among the uh, 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 also accounted among the covenant so that means that god also had covenant with them that is amazing in itself okay and so our good deeds apart from the righteousness of god does not make us pleasing to god god is pleased when we believe in him god is pleased when we believe in what he has done and what jesus has done hebrews 11 verse 6 says now you can never please God without faith, without depending on Him. Anyone who wants to come to God must believe that there is a God. Okay? That He rewards those who sincerely look to Him. That is the, uh, 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 um, the loving Bible. Okay? So, everyone, He rewards them. But the faith that He's talking about, it's not that saying that now you have to have faith in order to believe in God. It basically means that what Jesus has done is enough for us to believe in, in, in the finished works. Okay? So Jesus fulfilled the law on our behalf. He took 
our sin. He took our uh, uh, wrongdoings upon Himself. And now because of that, we are able to believe in what He has done. So that faith, it is not you working up faith to believe. It has already been there. Okay? The Bible says, Hebrews 12 verse 2, that Jesus is the author, the finisher, and the perfecter of our faith. So that basically means that because Jesus was obedient to God, because He believed the Father sent Him, and He has done everything that the Father has told Him to do, now we can believe in Him. So He was the first to have faith. He was the first fruit because He believed in the Father first. And now we are also first fruits because we believe in Him. Okay? The Bible even says in the book of Romans that He is the first fruit among many brethren. Okay? That means he was first. First fruit means first. So he was the first to believe in, in, in what the father said because he was able to complete it. Okay? And then, and then Romans 4, uh, Romans in the book of Romans 4 and verse 4 and 5, Paul is using worldly illustration to distinguish between works and faith. One is owed and the other is a free gift. The free gift is a result of what Christ has done. Okay? So, the same what Paul is saying here. For, we, for, for us that, are, that, that is working, what happens is, what you receive at the end of the month, it is not a gift. It is what's owed to you. Because you have labored. Okay? So, there was a transaction happening. You work in the, and, 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 and uh, your, your employer, he basically gives you a, 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 a money for your work. He gives you a reward. The reward is the wages, but that reward does not tell you that now because you receive this reward, it is like a gift. It's not a gift because you are working for him. That's the same what, what he explains to them. It's like when we try to, to uh, obey the law, when we try to please God with our works, we already have our reward because the works points to us. Yeah. That means uh, saying that we have done this, so now God must be pleased. Okay? And even at the end of the year, the bonus that you received, it is not a gift. It is because you have worked for 12 months. The bonus is just an add-on unto it. But the free gift is not like the work, meaning that the free gift basically means that you have not worked for it. And someone has given, to, given it to you. Okay? So let's say for instance, if someone pays a money into your account, that means that you become the beneficiary of what they are giving you. Did you work for it? No. Sometimes when people give you maybe a gift, they will, uh, um, SMS message will show gift. A gift basically means you have not earned it. You have not worked for it, but someone is giving it to you. Not based on your works, not based on who you are, not based on what you look like, but only, but based on what they, uh, what they feel they want to give to you. Okay? So a gift is not a reward system. A gift is something that you have not deserved, but it was given to you because that person loves you so much that they are willing to give. The same with the free gift that we receive from Jesus we did not work for our salvation, but Jesus took the law upon Himself and He died on our behalf. And because He died, we became beneficiaries of His death. When He died, and now because we believe in what He has done, now we become righteous because of what Jesus has done. We have not worked for it. We only received it. 
Okay? The Bible says that unto all who received Him, they are called sons of God. They are called children of God. Not unto all who work for it. Unto all who receive it. That means something has already been made available to give. Okay? So, it is not like we are working and now God is, uh, uh, um, um, God is showing us what to... Um, God is telling us now you need to work for what Jesus has done. No, it doesn't work like that. Okay? So, Galatians 2 and verse 16 says that, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Like I just explained, by believing in Jesus Christ. What is faith? Faith is what you believe. Okay? Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Okay? So there's no justification if you try to earn what God has done. Okay? So what I'm saying, you coming to church every Sunday religiously, wanting people to see that you are coming to church, wanting people to see that I'm doing this and I'm doing that, that does not please God. That does not justify you. That just makes you self-righteous. Okay? But what it's saying that when we believe in what Jesus has done, and when we come to church on a Sunday like we are this morning, we stand here because of what has already been done for us. We stand here because we have received a gift. Okay? And that gift has made us righteous. So believing in Jesus makes us right with God. Not based on what we do, but based on what Jesus has already been done. That's why it's called the finished works. So when something is finished, that means you cannot add something to it. Okay? So it's either you believe in Jesus or you believe in works. That's, that's one of the two choices. So it becomes plain and simple. There's no gray area between it. Okay? Uh, I, I know I have Jesus, I receive Jesus, but if I do this, then maybe God will be more pleased. No, God is already pleased with you because you believe in Jesus. Okay? So it's like the buck, it ends with Jesus. Because the Bible also says that Jesus is, is the end of the law unto salvation. So Jesus fulfilled the law, and the only way we receive salvation, it is by believing what Jesus has done. Okay, so the law ends with Him, and the righteousness starts with Him as well. When we believe, we receive righteousness. We are made right with God, and we are justified. Justified basically means just as if we did not sin. Okay? For instance, let's take the example of a court case again. If you are in court and you are guilty of something, and the judge wants to punish you, and someone else comes and says, you know what? I am innocent, he's guilty, but I will take his guilt on me. That means that person is taking your guilt and you become justified. He takes your guilt, you take his innocence. Okay? So that is what happened. Jesus was innocent of all this and we were guilty. But when he died, he took our guilt and he gave us his innocence. Okay? But we only receive that if we believe that he has done that. Okay, so if you don't believe that Jesus has done that, you cannot receive it. And if you cannot receive it, you will go all along your, your, your whole life. You will live through this. It's like you have to earn, 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 earn. 
Okay, that's why you get tired. Religion makes you tired. It burns you out. It wears you out. That's why you 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 you, you have some people that comes for 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 eleven months, and then the twelfth month you don't see them, and then the next year at the end of the end of January you see them again because now trouble is brewing. You understand? Because now for the eleven months they believe that God is God is, but in the twelfth month the world system came in. Now God is no longer. So there's no more faith in in what God has done. You understand? So people perish because they revert back to the law. They revert back to what they can do for God and not what God has done for them. Okay? This is not complicated, people. It is not complicated, believe me. The only way this becomes complicated it is when we complicate it. The only way it becomes a problem is when we make a problem of it. Okay? But God is straightforward and He's clear about what He says. Okay, Paul shows in uh, Romans 4 and verse 6, he says that, uh, Paul shows them that even David spoke of a righteousness that comes by faith in the scriptures. So, so now we go back to the scriptures again, and that even the scriptures reveals Jesus, reveals the gospel. Uh, Psalm 32 verse 1 and 2 says, Blessed, fortunate, prosperous, favored by God is he whose transgression is forgiven. Whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man. Uh, blessed is the man. To whom the Lord does not impute wickedness. And in, uh, in whose spirit. There is no deceit. That word impute basically means that like. What happens is that. It doesn't impute wickedness. Meaning what you have done. And now you receive the judgment of what you have done. Okay. So, so um, the, the judgment is not imputed unto you. So what that means is. God actually what he's done, he took away your sin. So now he doesn't impute wickedness, he imputes righteousness. Okay? So, yes. Yes. That word nie aan jou rekening toegegeen nie. Daar kom jy rooi merkje achter jou naam nie. Okay? So whatever you have done, God has cleared, cleared the account. Okay? So it's a clean slate. So he doesn't say because you have done this, I'm going to add it to your account. Add it to your account. The Bible actually says in the book of Psalms 103, uh, in verse 12, it says that God takes away our sins and He uh, uh, separates it as far as the east, He separates it from the west. And He doesn't think of it, meaning that it, it's not in His recollection. Okay? The only reason we have sin consciousness in our mind is because we remind ourselves of sin. God doesn't do that because the Bible says He forgets about your sin. He doesn't add it to your account because the moment He cleansed us, He forgot about it. Okay? So if we seek for sin in the heart of God, you won't find it because it's not there anymore. So the only reason why we still think of sin and why we still battle with sin, it is because we are reminded, we remind ourselves of our past, of our sinful ways. Okay? Um, Peter uh, Bosch actually says that if you want to be more like Jesus, forget about your sin. Forget about your sin. Forget about who you were before you came to Christ. Because God is not thinking about it. The Bible even makes it clear that when Jesus comes back, you won't deal with sin anymore. You won't because He's already dealt with it once and for all. 
So sin should not be a part of our thinking even. It should not even be a part of our vocabulary. We shouldn't talk about it even. The Bible says that we should not even mention the things that we were ashamed of before. So we should not even mention it. So there should not be a recollection of what we have done. Because that has been taken away. It has been done away with. And even God has forgotten about it. And the only way we make sin so big before God is because we remind Him of our sin. But He will never remind you of your sin. He will always remind you of what Jesus has done. And that now you are righteous. Okay? Uh, in Romans uh, uh, 4, uh, 9 to, to, uh, uh, 4, 9 to 12, Paul brings clarity in saying that it is not about being a Greek or a Jew. Righteousness comes through faith in Christ, whether you are a Jew or a Gentile. Okay? So righteousness comes through believing in what Jesus has done, whether you believe, whether, whether you are a Jew or not. So it doesn't matter who you are. Okay, so there's no separation. There is, like we said, there is no distinction. Okay, so if we take it in our terms today, it doesn't matter if you are black, white, pink, brown, yellow, whatever color you want to be. It does not matter. The only thing that matters is believing in what Jesus has done. And the only way you can be made righteous with God, that we are righteous with God, that we are right with God, is if we believe in what Jesus has done. Okay? Galatians 3, 26 to 28 says, For we all are sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you all are one in Christ. So Paul just says it flat and straightforward. Doesn't matter who you are. Whether you are man, whether you are woman, whether you are slave, whether you are free or whatever. You are all one in Christ. Based on faith. On the basis of faith and not on the basis of works. Okay? So, and then what he says here in, in verse 11, he says that the term spiritual father does not mean that far Abram, that, that Abram is the source of our righteousness. He's not. Okay? We remember the nursery rhyme or what people say that Father Abram's had many sons and many sons had Father Abram's. I am one of them and so are you. No. That's wrong. It's completely wrong. Because that does not mean because, we, because Abram believed God, now he's the source of faith. He's not. Because the Bible says that God made a promise to him and Abram believed. So the promise came from God. Abram believed it. And now people will say he's the father of faith. He's not the father of faith. That word father basically means that he is the pattern that we need to follow to God. So the pattern basically means what did he do? He believed. He had faith in what God has done. So the pattern to believing, uh, to becoming righteous, it is be believing what Jesus has done. Okay? So that means that he's a patterned son. Meaning that he's also a son of God, but he is the, he is the one that we basically we look to. 
through what we live through what he has done. Paul even says it to Timothy. He says that imitate me as I imitate Christ. He, he told him, I am not Jesus, but imitate me as I imitate Jesus. So what that means is he is pointing him to the source. So what Abraham is doing because of that pattern, he is pointing us to the source of faith. And that is Jesus. Okay? So Abraham is not our father. He is not the father of faith. He is the father of those who believe because he is the father that points us to the eternal father, to the real father, to the real source. Okay? He is only but a conduit. Okay? It's like umakarte and umikarte rei moet jy petrol ingooi, but die petrol het a funnel. That's a conduit. So that is where the petrol came through so that the vehicle can drive. Okay? So he is only a funnel that points us to Jesus. So in this you can see, because he believed God, the gospel was preached to him, that even from the Old Testament, Abram is pointing us directly to Jesus. Okay? Galatians 3.29 says, If you are Christ's, then you are Abram's seed and heirs according to the promise. So what that basically means is what I said. If you are in Christ, then you are Abram's seed. Because Abram's seed basically means that you have believed just as Abram believed. So now we are falling in the seed of Abram. So what that basically means where it says that if you believe in Christ, Abram is the father of the, uh, of the, the circumcised and the uncircumcised. So that basically means because Abram is circumcised, you are circumcised. Not circumcised based on physical, but circumcised based on spiritual, believing in what God has done, believing in what God has told him. Okay, so you are, like we said, uh, continuously throughout the, the whole uh, Romans, is that you are a Jew. That is basically what it means. Not because you are physically circumcised, but you are circumcised in your heart. Okay? The books of Ezekiel 36 says that, God says that I will give you a new heart. I will yes. turn your heart of stone into a heart of flesh. And I will place my commandments in it and you will obey it. So, it's not saying that this is the work. Now do it. What God is saying, I will impute righteousness into you into your heart so yes. as soon as the righteousness of God changes you now you want to obey God you don't want to sin more you want to sin less and less and less because you want to be like Jesus last week uh, a week before I, I spoke and I said our greatest potential as believers is to be like Jesus Jesus is our potential okay so you're not trying to become anything other than what who Jesus is because God sees us the way He sees Jesus. Righteous, whole, holy, not sick, not poor, not in any way. He sees us completely whole. He sees us right with Himself. Okay? Uh, Romans uh, 4, 13 to 14 says that um, Paul shows here also that um, we did not receive what was promised to Abram through the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus. It also shows a picture of salvation through faith and not works. So as he spoke to Abram here, uh, uh, it, it shows a picture of salvation. It shows that um, um, this is how the world will be saved. Okay? 
me just read that scripture here. He says, for clearly God's promise to give the whole earth to Abram and his descendants. Okay. Other translations talks about his seed. Okay. That seed basically means one. That's Jesus. Okay. Was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship that comes by faith. If God's promise is only for uh, those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary and the promise is pointless. Okay, so this is basically telling like when God spoke to Abram, he told Abram, he was foretelling him, he was prophesying to him. He's saying to him when uh, he was saying to him that the way to the righteousness of God will never be obtained through the law. It will only be obtained through faith in Christ. So Jesus will be the only source of righteousness to God, not based on what we do, but based on what He has done. Okay? So this actually clears up a lot. So He said to Abram in future times, yes, there is the law, there is the covenant of circumcision, but when Jesus has come, and He has already come, okay? People will believe in Him, not through what they can do, but through what He has done. Okay, you see, that's a, a, a present and a past. So we need to, when it comes to what Jesus has done, we need to live in the past days. Okay, not live in our past, but live in what He has done. Done means basically you cannot add anything to it. You cannot do anything that has already been done. Okay. Then the, the question then here is then, if God made a promise to Abram, what was the promise? What is the promise? So the promise needs to point to something, okay? And this also points to how we would live our lives in Christ. This is what keeps us in faith. This is what keeps us continuing believing in what God has done. He says that in the book of Galatians 3 and verse 13 and 14, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, okay? For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So, here Jesus deals with the curse of the law, but guess what? He also deals with generational curses. So, this basically shows us that when we believe in Christ, then there should be no trace of a generational curse. What your mother or your father or your grandfather or whatever did, and yet this actually deals with what some cultures view as ancestral worship as well because that is a generational thing so now jesus even comes to deal with generational curses so when you believe in christ you are set free from every curse the curse of sin gen like generational curses is tied to sin why am i saying it's tied to sin because sin is a result of unbelief and because we don't believe in Jesus and what He has done, now we believe in our ancestors. Now we believe in what they have done, how they have done things, how they have done things right or wrong or whatever they have done. But once we come to the point that we believe in Jesus, the ancestral worship doesn't count anymore. Amen. So it should be done away with. Amen. So you are no longer under any curse. Amen. Whatsoever the form you think of, you are no longer under it. So there's no trace there in because now you've received the new bloodline. Understand? Because the Bible says that we have been bought by the blood of Jesus. So now spiritually you have been born of God. So now you've 
been born through the blood of Jesus. And in Jesus' bloodline, there is no sin. There is no curse. There is nothing. There is no sickness. There is no diseases. Okay? The only reason why we still believe in generational curses, and it's sad to say, it is because some people still preach about the stuff. And some people still make us aware of it. Why do they do it? Because they want us to hang on to them and not unto Christ. So when it says that Jesus has set us free, what Jesus is saying that I am the only source of your life. Every curse has been broken. So if you are thinking about a, a, a generational curse at this very moment, look away from that and look to Jesus. And it's simple. Change your mind. Change the attitude of your mind from that to faith in what Christ has done. Otherwise, if you are still thinking about it, if you're still coming to church with a double-mindedness, if this doesn't work, then I'll go there, then you are caught like in a trap of religion. Okay? So now he says, Cursed is he who hangs, everyone who hangs on a tree. That basically talks about uh, what Jesus has done. He took our curse because he was crucified. Okay, so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. In other translations says, the promise is the Spirit. So the promise that God has given unto us is the Holy Spirit. And now because we have received the promise of the Holy Spirit, now we can continuously live our lives through faith. Because we have the Spirit in us. Okay? So the promise here is once again, it is not a house. Not a car, it's not money, it is spiritual, it is the Holy Spirit. And the, um, when you even read down to uh, uh, Romans uh, um, 17 or 18, where it says that they call forth the things as they, were, as they are, even as they were not, that doesn't mean that you call forth a, a car, or you call forth a house. That is what the woke people in these days call manifest. Yeah? When you walk past the BMW, then you manifest the BMW. <laughs> or when you walk past a, a, a beautiful guy or a girl, you manifest a beautiful guy or a girl. Manifest doesn't mean that they will appear. They will not. You actually have to work for a car or a house. Okay? So the, that is not talking about that. That is basically talking about what God has spoken to Abram that is now fulfilled to us that is in Christ. Mm. That was talking about Jesus dying on the cross, Him being resurrected, and when He is resurrected, he, uh, uh, Him being resurrected, and now us receiving the Holy Spirit. This is the promise. And we can only live this faith life through the Holy Spirit, not on our own. That is why God gave the Spirit, because the Spirit reveals the truth. Okay? So if you are manifesting, do not manifest, please, because that is so far from what God wants us to do. The only thing that we should manifest is the Holy Spirit in us, is Christ through us, okay? So, please, when we do this, actually read the scriptures, read the Bible. That is why we study the Bible so we can understand what it says, because everything that has been written, it is for our benefit. Okay, it is so that we can have more life. Okay, so yeah, 
flake flake, Mr. What is it? That is uh, that that is what I have for you this morning, and I hope it blessed you. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Solaris Pass area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.ca.